and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Welcome to another special episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. We're so excited about this episode. Wait a minute. Josh, is it is it a special episode or is it another special episode? That's what I want to know. This They're one's going to special. Be, uh, I was going to lean the other way. <laughs> this one's the only special one. You said welcome to another special episode. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I couldn't let that roll without saying something. Well, you know, if they're all special, then none of them are special. So <laughs> this one is, though, because this is our century mark, the 100th episode. That's we amazing. It. It's a we big deal. It. I'm, I'm surprised you guys haven't got ticked off at me and run away or something like that by now. Are, are both of those mutually exclusive? Can we get ticked off and not have runaway? That's true. Is That's that fair. an option? <laughs> That's fair. Sam's probably had to talk Josh off the ledge a couple of times. <laughs> that is not true. The other way is true. <laughs> so, Sam, have you... I, I see you as being the congenial one. I'm glad to hear that, man. There are not other, not there are some that probably would disagree with that point, but I love it. I'm I'm opinionated. That's the, I I realize this. Right. Well, we all are, but we all That's like true. each other's opinions. I, I think. have plenty of opinions, and I'm always glad to share them. Here's yeah, the deal: absolutely. we we disagree on a lot of things. We just um, we like each other. We like it. We don't care that we disagree. That's not a big That's deal. That's right. So exactly right. Which uh, Wouldn't that we be could just great if all Southern Baptists in our tribe could. Could, all churches, for that matter. Could I was just actually, saying, how about how about American Christians? If we could just treat people with respect and congeniality and dignity, and uh, yeah, I, I, what a what a novel concept. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day because I preached First Peter four no, Micah, last week. You're wrong. I'm, yeah, I'm out. I'm exactly. Out. <laughs> I'm tapping. I was preaching First Peter four though, and if you notice in First Peter four, he's like, "You guys need to be distinct from all the non-believers, and the way you're distinct is by just living a normal Christian life, That's like in, integrity." Uh, treating people with respect, showing dignity towards, you know, respecting the dignity of every human being. And I thought, you know what, this is really applicable in the contemporary American climate. If we would just live normal Christian lives, it would be really different and unusual. That's crazy to talk. I mean, how am I going to grow my church? I need to be, I need to be distinct <laughs> from everybody else. If we're not competing with each other, how, how, do we, how do we grow our churches? You know, that's the secret to the three of us getting along. We don't pastor in the same town. That, that's that's how we get true. along. Yeah. You guys aren't my competition. That's right. <laughs> Booyah. To be very clear, that was, uh, that was uh, an intentional um, hyperbolic statement that I don't agree with. But I, I, right. just, you know, I want to make sure nobody – somebody who's listening for the very first time is like, wow, Micah's got a real problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody in Chattanooga is like, man, yes. I thought he was really nice. So this is the 100th episode and obviously a really, a really cool episode. But we're going to talk a little bit about um, just – we're kind of shooting from the hip here on this one. We thought we would just kind of go unplugged, as it were. And, Wait a minute. Uh, so, Josh, when do we not shoot from the hip? Uh, well, we give the appearance that we planned most of those episodes. That's I think we're true. pretty good at, at, at exactly. giving the appearance. Point. Exactly. Yeah. How many episodes did we plan? I, I can maybe, say... Maybe the think, first two, and after that, we just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> are you letting people behind the curtain on our pre-recording episodes, which are like, what do y'all want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> what, have you guys, what have you guys been dealing with this week? That's probably something other pastors deal with. Let's talk about that. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much our show prep, yes. 
Yeah, and well, we skipped the part where we say, no, we can't talk about that on air. We're not allowed to do that. So there's a couple times where we'll just cancel one out. So we should we should on the hundredth episode we should talk about the things that we said we couldn't talk about. <laughs> well, I threw all that evidence away. Had somebody uh, shred fun. it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we did want to kind of unpack a little bit is where I'm sitting right now in Conway, Arkansas. At the this is awesome. Good word. That's yeah, unpack right. is a very good word. Yeah. We're uh, and your office looks incredibly good, Josh. Thank you. I am very looks very really excited nice. about it. Yeah, got a few more things, um, but. Overall, it's done. It looks nice. I like it. So we are. I'm really. I'm in. I'm having desk envy mm. of you. Starmore. It's Ashley very Furniture nice. Starmore collection. Really nice desk. Yes. It, it, you know, I, I'm. I'm. I am jealous because we. Um, our uh, line item in our budget for furniture is not there anymore. Like it, mm-hmm. we got used up for the year. And I moved to offices, and I need a new desk, and I have a I have a folding table as a desk. Wow. Some I actually our, am planning to build myself a new desk. I figured out what I want, and I'm going to build it. That's now this, cool. This is, this is classic uh, personality profile right here is what kind of desks we all have. You know, yes. Josh is like it really this, is. this beautiful desk. It's already good to go. Mike is going to build his own, and I'm, I'm sitting on a folding, a folding table. table. <laughs> you know, I don't. Sam, this, probably, Sam probably saves more money than you and I do, Josh. That's what we're saying. <laughs> That's saying, what we're saying right now. That's that. right. <laughs> Well, see, it was just one of those situations, so everybody's very clear. There was no desk in here, and so there needed to be one. Um, this one was very affordable. It's, it looks cooler than it cost, um, so uh, we were able to go get it, and then the matching shelves were very cool as well. I am surprised, though, through the pictures, as you guys are alluding to, I posted some pictures on uh, Joe Wiki, on the Twitter Joe Wiki, and a lot of guys are just confounded with the idea of me not having books. I don't have books yeah. on any of my shelves. They're like, where are your books? I am a word search guy, word search Bible. All of my books were with me all the time. So, yeah, uh, that's where my books are. They're right here on my desk, 7,000 of them right here in front of me. So that's how it goes. Yeah, so I'm a both-and guy. I have uh, about 1,200 books in my office right now around mm-hmm. me, physical copies, and I have – Every book I think Word Search has ever published, I think I have on my. I mean, actually, that's not a joke. I actually, one of the perks of working at Lifeway, I think I yeah. actually do have every book they've published. I think pre-published. we do. Yeah. Sam, are you a digital or print kind of dude? Because this seems to be a dividing line in our pastorates. Yeah, you know, I'm some guys print. are Calvinists, some guys are wrong, some guys have books, some oh guys don't. Oh my gosh, you did not <laughs> just say that. Man, just. Holy cow. It's the 100th episode. I am kidding. You are, you are, I'm yeah. kidding. Josh is to on go fire and, today, man. I need to clear that up. Uh, if you're not a Calvinist, you're not. Josh, Josh is in the honeymoon period of his church, and he thinks he can say anything he wants right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's why He's I'm clearing that up. You know, I'm clearing that up right now. I thought I was just going to talk about books, and all of a sudden I got a right hook for a sociological book. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. So are you books books or print? Yeah, I'm print, but I'm open to digital. I've just never made that leap. Mm. Um, you know, I, I kind of started my professional career and ministry career right before that digital revolution so i just got and you know dad being at lifeway sometimes i got boxes full of books just for free so um i have you know he's recently re- announced his retirement so those that's boxes right of books are gonna, it's gonna go stop. away so i See, ended I, up amassing a collection of print books and that's just what i use but you know i've thought about making the leap to digital uh, word search other other kinds of uh, digital resources just haven't done it 
So I'll tell you, Sam, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about this, and we actually need to talk about other stuff, but I am a huge print book guy. Love print books, love to hold them, love to write in them, love to take notes, love to smell them, all of it. I have made a jump to digital during PhD studies. And I now am fully on digital. My sermon prep is 100% digital books every week because of the ability to copy and paste. I can have two... I can have two um, windows up in my steal, computer. I don't steal my sermons from other people, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not stealing sermons, but I may steal like I mean I may use comments or quotes or you know that sort of thing, and so I can literally. And when it comes to my PhD stuff, if I'm citing a reference, I mean it's just all automatic in terms of right. being able to decide it. I don't have to manually type out each citation. It just it's such a significant improvement mm-hmm. that I don't like being digital. I don't like it at all, but I have become digital out of just convenience. Yeah, this see, is like the desk. This is this is showing our <laughs> yeah. personalities no, no, a lot. And here's yeah. the thing: I, it, it doesn't scare me. Like the, the, I'm in the digital world, like big time in other areas of my life. You know, I, I do a lot of digital resources. You know, I, I have a lot of digital tools that I use. It's just I just so happen to continue to use print books. And the way I write my sermons, I have a legal pad, a yellow legal pad that I chicken scratch on as I'm writing my sermons, um, as I'm reading hard copy books, and then I type them up. I, um, in a you know a, a format that I can use when I preach, hmm. um, but I'm still pretty much old school. I mean, pen, legal pad, and Bible. And I have a pen, a moleskin, and then yeah, a word search. So it's very similar. My, but all my sermon stuff. prep is probably ninety-seven and a half percent digital. Wow! I almost never do anything with a pen or a notepad. Um, a very little bit do I ever do. I, I do use a whiteboard. I should say that. Because we do the collaborative sermon prep. We've talked about this before. And so when our collaborative group gets together, we will use the whiteboard to sketch stuff out. But that's the only time I do anything that's not digital. So I put a chalkboard in my new office. Did you? <laughs> that's re- cool. That is super I retro. Like the, I sound like the old curmudgeon on this podcast. I, I know. It's really do. Podcast. You sound like that old professor that's like holed away in his office that's, and yes, yelling at people. Exactly, I'm, yeah. I'm not that way. I'm actually very much uh, at the cutting edge many times with technology. I just, I love new technology. But yeah, chalkboard instead of whiteboard. I like the chalkboard and then uh, pen and legal pad for, for sermons. So again, to be in the middle, I am, uh, I've got a blackboard. It's, um, it's that black kind of glass uh, neon things I'm looking oh, at, you know, neon. It's neon markers. The walls painted black, and there's a piece of glass over the top of it. So, nice. That's that's what was here when I got here. It's kind of cool, kind of kind of not. Well, let's cool, uh, kind of cool. so getting back to getting back to Conway. You've just landed. It's our hundredth episode. We're going to talk about highs and lows, right? Of being a being a pastor in the established church today, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm literally living the high what? right now, where everybody's happy say, and things I was are going. Like, Wait a minute, did I did I lose him here for just no, a second? No, 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 no. no. I, it's just it's just one of those cases where you know we didn't really prepare for the episode, and you just said what we're going to talk about. So all right, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so I'm let's just do I it. have two I'm just, seconds. I'm just to trying think. to be a leader, guys. I'm just trying to be a leader. <laughs> so let's do it, uh, Micah. Why don't you start off with us? How what are what are the highs of being an established church pastor? What are the, the things that you most get energized about? Man, there's a, there's a ton of them. I got I got to be honest with you. I, I have bad days. I have good days. I've been a pastor for most of the last seventeen or eighteen years, all in established churches. I don't ever remember a single day getting up and not wanting to do what I do, like ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just and I realize that's not the norm for everybody, and I get that. Um, and you can be an awesome pastor and that not be your experience. But my experience has been I just love, like I adore what I get to do. 
And I think pastoring an established church, my favorite part about pastoring an established church is how varied the congregation is. Like older, younger, historically, sociologically, um, politically. I mean, I just, I I was watching, um, literally in the last week, I saw one of our members put up some pro-Trump, you know, sort of commentary, and then another member almost immediately, without knowing about the previous one, talking about their favorite potential Democratic candidates for president over the next, (laughs) at the next election. Like, it was almost back-to-back. And and you can say whatever you want about whether they should or should not be candidates or fans of those candidates. My point is, I love that established church tends to have a very large group of different people within the church and that's just a lot of fun in my mind absolutely i love that we were talking about that this week about the family feel and that you know grandma's allowed at the family and so are the children and this is our family and so i love that diversity i love you know this week i went to a senior adult lunch where we did a hoedown i square danced uh, and uh, that was first time i, I watched video danced. i, I, I want this video of that seniors event. there's a lot we, of video of it yeah all right, so that video then is going to be shared on the ESD on the Twitter. Twitter account at some point <laughs> in the near future. We'll get it. It was good. I was good at it. I was really good at it. Now, I was younger by, you know, several, a couple decades in that room, <laughs> but I was probably the best one in the room, but I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and people have come up to me, and they're like, man, thank you so much for coming, and it really was my blessing. It was something that was fun for me. Absolutely. And and you're talking about that variance and I love that. Sam, what about you? What's your what's the highs of established church ministry? Man, anything involving people when they are at their best spiritually. Uh, you know, I just I love those moments when people get it, they sacrifice, they do something that only God could call them to do, you know, go to the mission field, you know, sell everything they got to serve the homeless. We've, we've, we've had two, we've had two couples do that since I've been here at West Bradenton. Um, and, and, and just seeing people doing what God has really called them to do and excelling at it. Th- those are, I mean, those are really good days when, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's, um, it's not due to my leadership. It's not due to my shepherding. It's due to the work of God. And, you know, those are the highs. The, and, 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 you know, I'll add that. I'll add to that. I just really like the established church smell. Like you just <laughs> walk into one of those old old churches, mm-hmm. and it's got that kind of odor to it. Yeah. I do not think I share I, I that like same it. sentiment, but I'm, I'm glad you do, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> no, I do. I, you know, I walk, into, I walk into an old church, and I'm, it's just got that, you know, the pew. Like the, that pew has been there for long time and it's just got that smell i i I like i like the smell i mean i can relate our our campus here at second is very new and it still smells like new carpet you know in certain parts of it and so i'm not talking about new i'm talking about old i like no what i'm saying is there there, we have a downtown campus and i took a tour of it and Uh, i walked into that old sanctuary with the pews and the windows and it was very it's it's oddly like comforting It, it just feels like a big part of me, you know? And so I, yes. I get that feeling. Yes. Um, so I can relate. Micah, you've got that. You've got both of those on the same we campus. We do. We have both on the yeah. exact same on the exact same campus, and I love it. I, every weekend I preach in an uber-contemporary environment in jeans and a shirt and tennis shoes, and then I also preach just a few minutes before and, you know, or after, uh, before that in a very traditional sanctuary with an orchestra and a choir and a bow tie and a suit. And I love I like that it. about it, about the church. Yeah. And that goes back to that whole 
you know, the whole family, everybody and the different, uh, you know, settings that they're in, the cultures that they come with. Uh, it, it shouldn't be just one or the other, at least from, from my standpoint. So um, I can echo the same thing that you're saying there, Sam. I actually wrote it down. When people get it, when you've got that moment where uh, there's, a, there's a family that adopted a, 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 a sibling group, and um, they will point to and say that was because of that sermon that you preached. That is when we decided to do that. And so those sort of moments when people get it, they apply it, and uh, God works through them, and you get to be a part of that. God works through you and what you say and, and uh, getting to be a part of that. And I love that we're sharing this during the 100th episode because a lot of our listeners, I, I get the, the emails, you guys do as well, about, you know, they're down, they're dealing with something, it's really hard, and yes, we have to deal with the business side of things and the decision-making side of things, but there really is so much about this that we are so fortunate to just get to do. This is the thing that we do. So I'm very, very excited about kind of sharing this. Anything else that's a high that you've thought of? I mean, there's a whole bunch of that, I mean, Gosh, that we could, I, I love watching, not just people get it. I got to be honest with you. I love watching organizational shift happen, Yeah. right? When you're leading the organization and you're, tr- organizational shift, S-H-I-F-T. I'm going to be very clear. I don't, yeah, I love that part. This is not, this is not a PG-13 podcast. censored. Yes. No, I love watching organizational shift happen because let's be honest, that's what all of us are trying to do fairly regularly, right? We're trying to lead the church. We are trying to lead individual people, but we're trying to lead an organization, which is also an organism Mm -hmm. to to health and vitality. And that always requires shifts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Small changes. (laughs) Small changes that become big changes and sitting back and watching uh, over a longer period of time as those shifts happen and the church really begins to, you know, come alive to those ideas. I, I think that's so incredibly encouraging. And frankly, the anticipation of it drives me like regularly. I get up every morning thinking this is coming. I got to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I like seeing the generations interact, particularly like one family. You know, we've we've got a couple of families here, probably more, uh, two in my mind right now that have I think five generations together, and they've all oh yeah, they're here. still in the church, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really neat to see multiple generations of the same family worshiping, discipling. You know, kids coming to Christ, grandkids coming to Christ, great grandkids coming to Christ. Uh, you know, you talk about a high. It, you know, watching that grandma or grandpa, seeing their grandson or granddaughter come to Christ in, like, the same room where, you know, you know where they came to Christ, or VBS, you know. Right. Fifty years ago at VBS, I accepted Christ, and now my grandson or granddaughter is accepting Christ. These are, these are neat things. Um, talk about highs. I just, I really like watching the family dynamic interact. Um, just you know that longevity of being together and i know that's not every family and people move and we're a highly mobile society i get that and there's nothing wrong with being mobile i'm just saying it's neat to see that dynamic of multiple generations in the same church i like the camaraderie i like that i know sometimes we joke about when we were joking earlier about the competition between churches and things like this but you can find other established church pastors and there's just something about you know, you just kind of laugh because we deal with that exact same thing. And it doesn't matter what church you're at, you all have the same kind of people with the same 
um, grievances and things that they get excited about and the personalities. And, and so I, I like that. I like talking to other pastors and just kind of having a, a mutual respect for one another. Uh, and that's not everybody, of course, but there are the vast majority of the pastors that I meet, regardless of their generation and regardless of their um, denomination, you know? They just, they really do love Jesus and they really do want to do the best thing for the group of people that God has given them. And so I like that. That's a, that's a cool field to be in and, and it's a, a fun thing. But we can shift gears a little bit here. What are the lows? So just as encouraging as it is for us to say, hey, remember that we get to do this. Also, I think it's encouraging when other people hear, oh, you deal with that too. You know, You're, you struggle with that as well. What are some of the lows for you? I'd love to hear yours, Micah, because, you know, you're always super happy. You're like, everything's awesome. <laughs> you're like the Lego man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there are definitely lows in the church. I mean, you get criticism. I, I can tell you, I can count a number of different times where I literally, I can remember two in particular, one which happened recently where I am in worship in the middle of a service, eyes closed, hands raised up, and I feel somebody punch me in the side so that they, and, and they want to complain about the volume being too loud, or, or uh, I, that was a very specific instance that happened one time where somebody <laughs> in the middle of worship, eyes closed, hands lifted up, I feel this big slap on my side, and they yelled at me about having the music turned up too loud when I didn't have any, anything to do with it at all. There's those moments all the time. But I'll be honest with you, my lowest moments are always related to something I do in the mm. church. It, I don't want that to sound egocentric, but um, when I, uh, in the established church, I feel like I, um, I am sometimes prone to let it be the thing that I love more than my family and um, even the Lord. Like I, I, I am constantly feeling this tension because I do love what I do. I regularly have this tension where I, I, I love the church more than I love other things. And then I fail my family or I fail my kids. I should be at something and I'm not because I'm at a church event because I've scheduled too many and uh, or I'm, I'm not saying no to stuff. And I think the hardest things for me, the lowest times are when I overload my schedule and I fail the people around me. Or I'll be honest, this week I, I, I'm teaching a study on Wednesday nights with another person in our, one, another one of our staff members, Paul Lasso, and he and I both had to be gone this week. And I had someone originally lined up to fill it, the spot for us. And I just forgot to get with them last week and finalize the date and the time and the content. And so all my people showed up for the study and there was nobody there to teach it. And it was totally my oh, wow. fault, totally mm-hmm. my fault. I blew it. 20 people, 25 people in the room, and I blew it. And the reason I blew it was because my schedule was so overloaded, I just didn't have a second to think about it. Well, that's all on me. And and so, and so, I, I don't know if that's unique to the established church. I feel like it's not. But on the other hand, there are expectations that come along. Maybe expectations is what I'm saying, because the overloaded schedule really is a result of expectations and me not wanting to disappoint people and wanting to fulfill expectations. And, uh, and I don't juggle things as well sometimes as I think I should. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. That's really hard. Sam, do you got one? Yeah. I mean, sin, anything involving unrepentant sin is, is, you know, cause we practice church discipline. We, you know, we, we, uh, we hold people accountable. I mean, it, it's not fun. You know, it, it's, it's nice to talk, talk about a low, you know, particularly when a, a leader fails. I've dealt with that a few times, um, yeah. you know, and even fail morally. And then leading a church through that and, you know, because you can't say, you can't speak to certain things, you can't reveal certain things, you know, people 
start distrusting each other and questioning all sorts of things. They get into a spiritual malaise. I mean, sin, sin in the church, sin in the camp, um, just it, it affects everybody. It does, um, yeah. Even, even if, like, I didn't even know that person. You know, I was no, not, it, there is an, a, a spiritual attack that comes on a church that goes through that. And particularly with leadership, when a leadership fails, that, that's especially hard. Right. Um, and just, just helping a church, leading a church, shepherding a church through, through all of that, it's, it's, it's a low. Um, now, I see the grace of God in it. I say it's a low, but I also see God's grace in all of it and how um, churches are both simultaneously um, fragile and resilient. Right? I mean, you feel like the church at any moment could just fall apart. <laughs> and, and yet... And it's your fault. Year after year. Yeah. Year after year, this thing keeps going. You know, right. but, but by the grace of God, this thing keeps going. So, yeah, just dealing with sin in the church is, is mm-hmm. uh, it's a bummer, man. I get that. But you I know what I think... Down. Sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Josh. No, 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 go ahead. No, no, I'll shift it a little bit. Well, here's, here's what I think is interesting. None of us have said church conflict is the thing that gets us down. Mm-mm. And I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think, I mean, yes, I get frustrated at church conflict. There's no doubt about it. But I kind of, I, I want to be careful how I, I say like this. It. I don't I like thrive it. on church conflict. I like arguments. Well, here's the thing. I do like arguments more than I should. That's that's for sure. <laughs> that's There's no, it, man. no like doubt about that. But I like the leadership challenge of leading a church through issues where there's tension. Right. And so I don't love church conflict, but I think a lot of people would automatically think, well, that's the thing that's really frustrating about pastor and established church. No, not really. I mean, I love the challenge of, and I'll be honest with you, maybe the thing I love as much as anything about leading the established church is the challenge. Mm-hmm. How do we plan for parking and seating? And how do we figure out plans for what we're going to do over the next few years? And how do we manage church conflict? And how do we lead staff? And how do we mm-hmm. handle the different generations with their various expectations and, and desires? And I just love the, 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 the nature of the challenge. Yeah, I've told people many times, I'll say, well, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with that. And I'll say, don't. I mean, this is what I do. This is what I'm excited about. This is what I... I signed up to do this. I do love to preach, and I love to make disciples. I love leading people to Christ, and I know that all of us, um, when somebody accepts Christ, that is the pinnacle of what we do, but that's the pinnacle of what everybody does as a believer. This is specifically to that other stuff that we get to do. And, um, you know, sometimes people sign up to be a pastor. They, They go down that track, and then they start saying, well, I don't like this part and this part. And I always just kind of chuckle and say, that's pastoring. That's what we do. And so I'm with you guys on that. I did write down a couple of different lows, though. The first one that really just will eat my lunch is when my motives are questioned, when my motives are... Yeah, um, yeah I'm, that, I'm that's a really good point. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm there as well. Well, and maybe even worse than that, Josh, when they automatically assume the worst of the motive, yeah. of our motives. I mean, uh, the, the, the illustration I give is a couple months into being married, Jackie and I were fighting over something and we were coming at each other and I was listening to her and, and or I was barely listening. She was barely listening, you know, and we're just at each other. And finally, I said, listen, I am always on your side. You think that I was mad at you, but I was mad at this situation. And you and I have to figure that out. And that's the same thing with the church. Sometimes it's just like, oh, we know what you were doing. We know that you were actually trying. And honestly, even when it doesn't look that way, I'm honestly, to the best of my ability, trying to do the best thing for the church. 
and be obedient to Christ and scriptures. And that tension is hard. And sometimes people will ascribe motives to me, whether it's pride or or trying to hurt a demographic within the church or something like that. And that breaks my heart because I didn't do that. I didn't mean to do that. And furthermore, I don't like that you're hurt, you know, so that that's hard. That's a that's a real low. Totally uh, agree with that. Totally agree. The other one that we haven't mentioned yet, but I'm sure you guys are the same, is when they leave. You know, it's like even when they're mean and they and they just walk out, you know, and um, or particularly maybe they weren't the cause of the conflict, but they they got caught up in the conflict and they go away and you feel like, you know, I had somebody say, well, will you do such and such? And I said, no. And their immediate response was, then I'm finding another church. And that's like a dagger into the heart. It's like, it makes you feel like you're a commodity and like what we're doing is not family. Like it's a service rendered or it's an, it's a club that you join and a club you can walk away. And for many of us as pastors, this is not uh, it's 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 not a the membership doesn't buy benefits. It's being birthed into a family, and so even if it's a wayward child or a mean uncle or you know a cantankerous grandma, they're still part of the family, and you do not want anybody to just turn and walk away and to feel like they get to a point where they can, um, you know, that hurts on a personal like sort of shepherding sort of level. And I know sometimes that there's addition through subtraction. I know that God prunes. Um, but even when, when you know that that's what's happening, it hurts when people go. So that's a real low for me. Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with you mainly there. But man, sometimes when people leave, I'm just like, praise <laughs> the Lord. There's a still, there is a definitely a breath of, of or sort of a sigh of relief on, on occasion. But even those folks, it's not I the norm, say, but on man, occasion. I wish you would, I wish, I would rather you had repented and come back and been a contributed part of this family. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. But even yeah. Reconciliation, if, redemption, you know, that's always the goal. Always. Right, right. So so that's a, that's a, I know that you guys feel the same way. I know that most of our listeners feel the exact same way. And so if you're going through that as a listener, man, I just want to encourage you in that. Hey, that's it, dude. That's our 100th episode. How do you guys feel about that one? You want to put it in the can? I think it's good. I, I, feel, I feel great. Yeah. Let's, Let's do it again. Let's do let's do a number one hundred next time. Let's yes. do a hundred more. We'll do a hundred a hundred point one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for our listeners, I know we're at time, but bear with me for two seconds. We have got some big announcements coming up down the road, so make sure that you're listening and subscribing and following us on social media. Huge things are coming um, for our past the century mark. We've got some freshness that's going to hit our show pretty soon, and also some. Um, new partners and sort of things that we're ready to roll out. So thanks for being with us this far. Bring somebody else along. Let's grow the show. Y'all have a great week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.